Welcome to Jobber's Masters of Home Service podcast, where successful business owners share their secrets for making your business more profitable and efficient. I'm your host, Adam Sylvester, owner of Charlottesville Lawn Care and Charlottesville Gutter Pros for the last 15 years. I truly believe that service entrepreneurs need to come together from different service industries and swap stories, share tips, and learn from each other. By getting together and sharing each other's successes and failures, we can help each other level up. And that's the mission of Masters of Home Service. Today's episode is about cutting costs in your business and where to start. Today, we have two great guests. We have Andy Wines, the owner of Camo Crew Junk Removal in Butler, Wisconsin, also the host of Trash Talk Business Podcast. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. And Terrence Chan, owner of Impetus Plumbing and Heating in Vancouver, Canada. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I know our guests today love Jobber. With Jobber, managing the customer experience from estimates to invoicing has never been smoother. Our listeners can get a special discount on a new subscription by going to jobber.com slash podcast deal. Trust me, it'll make your whole business more efficient and more profitable. Any Terrence, tell me about your approach to cutting costs in business. Where do you start and uh, what do you think? Let's go with Andy first. First up in cutting costs is knowing what to cut. So the biggest thing I realized in business when I was looking at the business as we scaled, it was real simple at first. We had no money. So when you have no money, it's simpler to keep your costs low because you don't know what to buy, what to invest in, you know, what assets to purchase. And so you grow and you scale. And then someday you look back like, oh, we had a bunch of money. What happened? And if you're not collecting the data at a time, you're already behind the eight ball. So the, the first thing we do now is capturing the data. And now we're making data-driven decisions so we can look at what are the differences. When we spend money in our business, it's going in one of three buckets. We're either purchasing an asset, we're investing in an opportunity, or we're paying for an expense. And these two buckets, we don't want to touch. We want to cut our expenses, our true expenses, versus purchasing assets that are going to reduce cost over time or investing in opportunities, which will bring in more dollars over time. What ends up happening is every time money goes out, you're like, oh, it's an expense, even on a profit and loss statement. We look at it as only an expense. Well, no. Are we investing in people and processes? Are we purchasing assets that are going to reduce our costs over time? Or are we spending money on things like fuel and insurance and things that go right off the tailpipe that you never see again? And so understanding where the money's going is the first step. That's pretty deep. <laughs> they gave me a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I've never really looked into cutting costs. It's more about the happiness of how my technicians feel and how I feel myself. As long as the bank account's rolling and I see the numbers going up, I haven't really looked at cutting costs at all because whatever I've been doing so far has been working. And if I were to cut costs, it kind of, it starts cutting corners for me because the way that I market my business is all about quality work. So if I were to ever go for a cheaper product or look at cheaper things, it would affect the whole entirety of the business itself. So more so of looking at cutting costs or not, I, I look at how to improve the efficiency of the business to see how we can make more money instead. If you always think about cutting costs, you really don't think how you can make more. So I don't have to look at cutting costs. I really like what you said there about cutting costs is a negative connotation, right? There's a huge difference between cutting, right? And you're like, oh no, we're taking away from the business versus looking at what do we have currently in place? How can we be most efficient and effective with what we have? And what do we need to do to be more efficient? I came from corporate America and we had all the tools at our disposal to be super efficient. I went from that to routing trucks with pen and paper and texting my brother like, hey, are you at this address? Because 
we were supposed to be there 20 minutes ago. I can tell you that's not an efficient way of building a business, right? We kept our costs low by having a cell phone bill and some chicken scratch. It doesn't mean that we were efficient and we weren't effective. And so when we talk about making investments, so there's two ways of doing that. Either grow the business or reduce your expenses. Let's focus on growth first and how do we grow without increasing our expenses? That's really the goal here. That's exactly what you were saying. Yep. Yeah. How do you guys judge the efficiency of your businesses? How do you know that things are going well? I have a bank account. I'll look at it. And if it keeps growing, that's all I need to know. I love it. I love it. Well, that's uh, like Mike Mahalo, it's in uh, Profit First. He talks about that's bank balance accounting. Most entrepreneurs look at that. They're like, okay, this is how many dollars I started with. If it's growing week over week, month over month, where are we at? I love numbers and data. I look at profit and loss statements. I look at cash flow statements and balance sheets. And I get really in-depth in all that, but really what it comes down to me is where are we at within our dashboard? We look at our business, we look at our KPIs. Every month I have a KPI meeting with our marketing team, or so our external team, and also our internal leadership team. And we look at, okay, how do we compare to our pro forma? From where we said we were going to be, where are we? And what are the contributing factors? And you can start looking at things like average cost per job. You're looking at average dollar amount per job. You can also look at where the job's coming from. So we track all this on the front end so that at the end of the month, when we have our pro forma, we also have the other data to back up how we got where we're at. If all you have is the data, like, oh, I have more money in my bank account. The second step is how do we get there and what's repeatable? Once you have that data, then you can build that sustainable business. There are a lot of listeners listening right now who are thinking, gosh, how do I, <laughs> I have one employee and I just want to make things a little bit more efficient. What's the first step on becoming more efficient? Automation. Automation is the first thing. There's so much technology out there, whether it's jobbers for what we're here for or not. There's so many more things that can help your business nowadays, which you can cut a lot of costs already mm -hmm. without having to think about it because it's just like how the world is going. Why do some companies start having, why does McDonald's have machines where you order for now? Because they can cut the cost from there and not having to hire a person and take an order. Same thing of what we would do. You know, if we have a call service that we could do, I don't do call service, but if you cannot have, if you don't have to have a dispatcher, you can cut that out. You know, so many more things that you could do. Like if you don't need somebody to look at all your accounting and all your bookkeeping because your apps or whatever you use can look at all of that, like QuickBooks or how Jobber has invoicing and all that, and you can run all those reports. That's already saving costs. And I think as a solo person, what they're afraid of the most is always to pay for something at the beginning because they think that they want to keep their costs so low that they don't have to spend money. But a real thing that a lot of people have to notice is you have to spend money to make money. So I was very fortunate. I started my business with my brother. So day one, I had 50 things to do and my brother had 50 things to do. So I cut it in half. And what ends up happening over time is as a business owner, when you want to scale, you have to get down to, 10, my goal was 10 things. And then once I get to 10 things, my goal was to get down to two or three things. And the first thing I have to be every day is the business owner. So now I'm down to doing basically one or two things that can be a priority for that day or that week. And the way you do that is a three-step process. I learned from this gentleman, Travis Johnson, he's a military guy like myself. And he said, when taking things off your plate, you have three options. You delegate, automate, or you eliminate. And when you do that exercise, I look at my day. What is a good use of my time? Right, this here, right? This is this is what I love. I love connecting with other business leaders and, and other processors and people that see business from another perspective. So I can take this to my business and make my business more efficient. How do I get here? 
Well, I get here by empowering the people around me, my delegating. I get here by automating my processes. Like you said, Jobber, absolutely. Jobber is the time from before to after Jobber is revolution in our business. That was six years ago. The time before Jobber was this like archaic, archaic <laughs> chicken scratch place where I ran my business like my father ran a business. My father's been a business for 30 years. The difference is 30 years later, my dad is still chucking the truck. He puts doors in. He's the best door guy in Milwaukee. He's a one-man operation. I've scaled up to 30 employees. I was not going to do it with the same process as I learned watching my dad for 15 years. And so because of that, I chose to get into the automation world. And then as more tools became available, how do you do customer follow-up? When's the best time to follow up with them? Right? We can get the phone to ring. Well, what happens after that? Right? There's a lot of things that can happen from when the phone rings, right? email comes in, text message, whatever, until you actually have a transaction. And then once you have the transaction, how do you stay in contact with that customer? And that's only in the marketing field. And so when you look at your business holistically, I look at the business in six different buckets. You got to figure out which are your high three or your low three, stay in your high three. And for your low three areas, find a way to delegate, automate, or eliminate. It's a great conversation, guys. We'll take a quick 30-second break and we'll come right back. We are always driving around. We are a family HVAC business and we are always in the field. We can't get to an office or a desk a lot of the times. With Jobber, I can quote, invoice, and get paid all on my phone. Access my customer information, job information, and my whole business right on my phone, right at the job site. That just makes running my business a lot smoother. Smoother from start to finish. Quote, schedule invoice, and get paid. Start your free trial today at Jobber.com. Listeners to the podcast can get a special discount on a new subscription by going to Jobber.com slash podcast deal. If you aren't using Jobber, you need to be. Jobber has made my businesses more profitable and more efficient for sure. Okay, so listeners are listening and they are wanting to make their business more efficient. They're wanting to cut costs, whatever the terminology we use. What are some pitfalls that they're about to step into that you guys have both fell into at one point? Where are the traps? Where are the mistakes that you can give our listeners some some tips on what to avoid in this whole department? How long is this episode? (laughs) I mean, it started from... 14 years ago when I said I was going to get into business and it's transferred all the way to today. And the ones that really irk me is is when I think about marketing. I talk about the high three, low three buckets of business. Marketing is, is number five or six. So it's a low three bucket for me. It's not something I don't focus on. And what the challenge I have with marketing, and I hear this from professionals all the time, when the phone's ringing and sales are up, last thing you're thinking about is marketing. And when the phone stops ringing and sales are down, the last thing you're thinking about is spending money on marketing. And what I realized is that my business was very, very cyclical because my marketing and sales efforts were cyclical. When we first got started, we didn't have any jobs, so I had a lot of time. So we went out, we pounded the pavement, we made the phone ring, and we went and did a bunch of jobs. Then we did a bunch of jobs, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And all of a sudden, the phone stopped ringing, and I was like, oh, now I need to go back out and market. I remember I used to show up to networking events when I didn't have any jobs the next week. And I was like, and I showed up one time, this guy, he was a Navy vet, Alan, I hadn't been at this networking event like, in like two months. And I showed up, he's like, you're supposed to be here every month. And I was like, Oh no, I just I just show up when I need sales. He goes, it's not how this works. <laughs> when you don't have that discipline, you falter. I, I heard recently, the more discipline you have, the more structure, the more freedom. And that's absolutely true. When you schedule out your calendar with priorities, it allows you to have the freedom and the time to do the things that you take your business next level because you've managed to prioritize the things you have to do. And that's what it comes down to. The greater choice I made that did not benefit me or my business was this mindset that my time wasn't valuable. 
Mm-hmm. I cut employees early. No, 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 I'll take care. I'll do it myself. I'll follow up. I'll do it myself. And what ends up happening is I got busy and I worked 80, 90 hours a week being busy. I got all the time in the world. And then what ends up happening is you're like, hold on, can I invest money and then free up my time? And once I had that paradigm shift, I went from being an operator to an owner. You were wearing 20 hats at once. 100 hats. 50, I mean, whatever, how many hats? All the hats. Yeah. The opportunity cost that you're missing out on that whole time of not building a business, working in the business, on the business, it's really cost you. It's a scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. You have the scarcity of money mindset versus, hold on, I have an abundance of time. How do I best use it? Once I started making best use of my time, the business grew and the dollars followed. Terrence, what point in your business career did you discover that you needed to start working on the business, not in the business, going from being just a plumber, you're still, you still do plumbing yeah. now, but when did the, the change shift, like I need to be, become efficient. Day one, day one. I knew sooner or later that I had to be a business owner versus wearing so many hats. So in the beginning, you know, we go back to even more of the beginning when we talk about podcasts about cutting costs, I never thought about cutting those costs or anything else. All I thought about was how do I invest in that next person so that I can train them to free up more space for myself. And during that whole time in the past three years, you know, I finally was able to get a guy who was interested in being a manager and be able to run the whole show. Because a lot of, a lot of times people don't understand the biggest thing we talk about is time is money. And you feel like you have to wear so many hats because you want everything to be perfect. And I feel a lot of people's mistakes, the biggest mistake that a lot of people make is the fact that they want perfection and they want everybody to be like them. But they don't understand that the biggest mistake you can make is that mistake, that nobody can be like you. If they could, they would have owned their own business. (laughs) Right? So that's a really big mistake a lot of people make. And by trying to chase that perfection all the time, they lose the chance of scaling. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge, huge thing I see in the industry all the time. So many older fellas or even younger guys, they have such an ego with them that they want to have perfection because they think they know the best. But what they don't realize is that what happens is they're, what they're doing is they're creating a job for themselves. That's it. They're not creating job for others. They're just going to go in that full circle and be that one truck chuck forever because they want to be the best and nobody else can match up to them. And it's true. They are the best. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they can't take vacations. They can't scale. They have no business to sell because they are the best at what they do. I knew day one, June 1st, 2016, we said, okay, my brother and I, we're going to do this. I told him five years from now, I don't want to be here. I do not want to be in the day-to-day of the business. That's the goal. And like 18 months later, we were there Mm. because we figured out from day one, okay, you're in, I'm on. That's all we knew. Our methodology back then was there was an electrical contractor that we had both worked for. It was Chuck and Craig. Chuck was in the office. Craig was in the field. And so every time a new thing came across our plate, like things that we didn't know about, like, oh, we need insurance now. Like, why is it going to look at each other? I was like, is it a Chuck thing or a Craig thing? And I'm like, it's a Chuck thing. All right. So it goes in Andy's pocket. Right. And then, yeah. and then it was like, oh, customer complaint. That's a Craig thing. Right. <laughs> it's a Craig thing. Unless there's a refund, then Chuck has to get it. And that was, that's as simple as we made our business. Right. So business is very, very simple comes out of the choice. You chose to take the time and money to find someone to invest in them. When you don't do that, you end up taking that time to put out fires, right? When you hire the cheapest plumber available, you end up taking time to apologize to customers, clean up projects, fix poor craftsmanship versus saying, hold on, I'm going to work myself out of a job. Yeah. 
right? Out of a job and into a business owner mentality. A lot of people like to blame the people they hire saying they're not good enough or whatever it is, but they're never accountable for their own actions. And that is another big mistake I'm saying. They're not accountable because they don't think it's their fault. Every yeah. time they hire somebody and there's a problem that they can't do, they're going to blame the employee right away. That's a big mistake. Or you swoop in and fix it. And yeah. then the people employees will learn. Right now in our company, I am probably the worst junk removal specialist. We got 17, 18 guys in our crew right now. I'm the worst one. That's how it should be. And I'm not bad at the job. They're all better than me. They have more experience. They've learned tricks and tips that I haven't learned because I've allowed them the opportunity to grow. Yeah, you, you probably have to. One time sooner or later, you have to give that up because you know that your job, you have to keep running. If you don't, how do they get their eight hours a day? How do they even have work? It, it just doesn't happen just like that. Mm -hmm. Talking about profitability, cutting costs, investing in the business, all those kinds of things, efficiency. Let's keep drilling down. Give our listeners some more concrete examples. What can they do today? Prioritization. Start with three. What are three things that you know? What are the three things that keep you up at night? What are the three things that your brain goes to? What are three things right now that you know will make your business go next level? Schedule time today, tomorrow the latest. Tomorrow's okay. Maybe. Tomorrow's <laughs> depends what time you're listening right, to this episode. Right now. <laughs> right. Because you have to you still have to make the meet the demands of the customers sure. today. Schedule time tomorrow to work on it. I don't care if you work on it for 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes a day is an hour a week that you didn't put into it before. If you say, what are the three things? This is what's going to happen. One of those things is going to be golden. Absolutely is going to work, right? Because it's a sometimes always never principle, right? It's always going to work when you work on it. There's going to be something that's going to be sometimes, and there's going to be something that's not going to work. And we know as business owners, there are things that we do, not even try, we do that don't work. Mm -hmm. You think it's going to work? Oh, 100%. You don't, yeah. you don't go into it thinking it's like, it's people like best idea ever too. <laughs> people are like, do you think this is going to work? <laughs> if I thought it wasn't, we wouldn't even try, right? When you try those three things, one of them is going to work. And the quicker you get to a no, kind of like with sales and customers, the quicker you get to a no, the quicker you get to something that doesn't work, you get that much closer to something that does work. And you learn a little bit more and you scratch that itch. And then you also take that thought that's been keeping you up at night. You've dismissed it. Like, hey, I'm going to try yard sign. Okay, buy 50 yard signs. Go on YouTube or whatever. Research where the best ways to deploy them. Deploy them. Monitor the progress. And in 30 days, was it cash flow positive? Yes or no? If it was, go buy 500. If it wasn't, okay. Your 50 yard signs at six bucks a yard sign, $300 plus your time, you will never try that again. Okay? So there is something right now. I know, I know it. As a business owner, there are three things that you should have done yesterday. We're not going to shoot all over the place. What can you do today and what will you do tomorrow? Let's talk about, I'm curious what you guys think about, how do we make our employees more efficient? How do we make our team more efficient? What do you guys think about that? Culture. My biggest thing is culture. So what I constantly try to do is make everybody feel like it's a family. You know, whether it's a family business or not, you want to make sure the hiring process that we talked back in episode three, was it? That... You want to hire the right people for the job and you want to hire the right people for the team. You want to make sure the people that you bring in are for the team. You want to make sure that they show up at events. You want to make sure that outside of work that they have their own events. You want to make sure that all of that happens where they constantly talk to each other and they're comfortable with each other, that they'll even go out for lunches or dinners themselves and you don't have to be part of it. That's what I'm talking about when you have culture because you want to make sure that they'll be there for when there are dark times. For what I tell my guys all the time, it's just that you have to know this is a team. Whenever you're in a bind, it could be 3 a.m. at night, you could be doing an emergency call. 
I will be the first one that's still awake to make sure that you're going through that job. And same with the manager and everybody else, they will always answer your call. Like we don't want to make the guys work 24 seven, but we want to make sure that they know that everybody's going to be behind them when they need our help. And that's the main thing that I'd say, like when you're looking at how do you get your employees more involved is have a great culture. You know, I, I personally have company events once a month. So we do that throughout the whole year for the whole 12 months. And even for Christmas, we have a big party all the time. So you want to do things like that to keep them engaged. And the most important thing, what I train my guys to do is when they come in, I have them work almost like contractors. They're trained from beginning to the end of taking a call to quoting a call to writing the job description, to taking care of the customer, to invoicing the customer, and to deal with their own issues. I want them to feel like it's their own business. So if they ever walk into an issue where the customer wasn't happy about something, like a chip on a wall or something, they're allowed to say, we'll give you $50 off, we'll give you $100 off, whatever makes the customer happy. That's what I employ in that culture to make them know that they have the decision to do whatever they want, as long as it's justified, of course. I love that. When you're talking about within the culture is the ownership. Same thing. We do family meal once a month. We do quarterly outings, whatever, right? The guys choose it. It's, it's directed by them. So the number one thing, very tactical, profit share. That's the number one thing when we roll that out. All of a sudden, the guys started talking in business terms and like terms, right? And so it's the theory of an H relationship versus an A relationship. So H is we're bound you know, by this connection and we expand and contrast. Once we develop and put a third element in, a shared goal, now we have an A relationship. Right? And now when we expand and contrast, we don't expand and contrast that much. So what ends up happening is guys are focused on the same thing. We had a situation recently where one of our leaders cost us money. It was an expense. It was a repair, right? Repairs happen. Uh-huh. I don't like it, but they happen, right? We have, they have separate line on the profit loss statement. And I don't like these. That's correct. Repairs yeah. are one thing, damage is another. <laughs> we'll call it damage. One of our employees, Tommy, he was so upset. He's like, oh, because it was outside this door. So now they had to walk around longer in the warehouse to get to the same destination. So we're like, oh, are you mad because you have to walk? He goes, no, I'm mad because that fixing that is going to come out of my profit share next month. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh. And then I heard that through three different channels. I'm like, okay. It's working. Great. 15 months after we implemented profit share, the guys are seeing things in like terms as we are in business owners. Profit share without culture will not work. When you have both, that's the best of both worlds. One of the best questions you're going to ask an employee, the corporate answer is, are you going to be a good fit for our culture? It's a garbage question. Better question is, what are you going to do to impact our culture? When you have ownership throughout your whole organization, you as the leader no longer have to hold people accountable. Yeah, Organization holds holds themselves together. It's huge. We have another guy who's a, we put him as a marketing manager because he does all the marketing side with me. But he knows how to take the phone call side as well. So when our actual service manager is out of town or he's having his vacation, he finally takes the calls. He appreciates it so much more Mm. because now they know the other side of what it's like dealing with a customer and taking that call. It works wonders. Transparency is the biggest part. Whenever I could talk to my guys, it's always about what we spend money on, why we lost money, what we're spending on. And, you know, we don't say who gets paid what, but we tell them, like, where does all this money go and why we have to charge this much and why we're not making that much money? You are the leader. You have to coach each one of them and help them through their life as well because you're actually working for them at the same time. And when they know all of that and get all that information, they're a lot more appreciative and a lot more understanding that you don't make as much money as they think you think. Mm-hmm. So there's another part of a lot of mistakes that a lot of, new business owners do that I see a lot because I I have a big network in BC where I actually network with 30, 40 contractors 
we all talk together to chat. And what we find out is one of the biggest mistakes on the guys who start first is that they always try to use the cheaper material. They'll get the cheapest material because it's the cheapest thing. Yeah. That's all I could say. Like they want to be fighting these costs. So not only did they try to get the cheapest material, they try to be the cheapest in the market and they think that that's going to give them a lot of business. Yes, it does, but it comes full round where you find out that you get bad customers as well. But with cheaper products, what happens is you find out they don't have warranty. They don't care about the products. They don't care about you. They just want the sale and they just want to get out of there. And that's a big mistake for a lot of business owners when they start is trying to cut costs already because they want to make money right away and they see these margins increase, but they don't understand that's not where the money is from. Material is never where the money is from. Unless we're talking about commercial, yeah. right? Where you have big, big, big products that you have to buy that are hundreds of thousands of dollars and a few points makes a big difference. But when you're in the service industry of residential and everything else, those numbers don't count. What really counts is your service and your business. Yeah, you get what you pay for. Yep. Well, it, it, it's a race to the bottom. You have this mentality, I'm going to race to the bottom by the cheapest labor, cheapest material, cheapest truck. And by doing that, I'm going to offer the best price. Well, good, fast, or cheap. Which yeah, right? you want? You could be two out of three. Mm-hmm. Can't be three. And so that right, that, that race to the bottom. And the, the challenge is those individuals, easy come, easy go. It's simple for them to enter the marketplace. And it's even simpler for them to exit. Mm-hmm. It's not sustainable. Great conversation, guys. I'm just going to summarize a little bit here. So we talked about cutting costs is really a more of a matter of efficiency yep. and making sure that things are running smoothly, making sure we're not making sure we're building the business and not not just cutting the business. Being careful about how the cost that you do decide to cut, how will that negatively impact your business? Are we cutting parties that build morale or are we actually cutting fat that really needs to be cut off? And then never cut working costs. Always be feeding the giant, right? Always, always, always feed the giant. Recession or not, always up top got to have more leads always have always had the machine moving absolutely absolutely always have more options that's the biggest thing i've learned from marketing it's not about can you have the capacity to take the work now it's about what can you do afterwards and having the options to choose the work that you want to do because a lot of people don't want to put that marketing cost in because they think i'm busy enough now and then what you said earlier it just becomes like a graph cyclical graph where you don't know when you're going to get your next job Mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs we figure it out there's never a time where i'm like oh i have to say no to this job i will figure it out Mm -hmm. when the phone ain't ringing that's when we're out of options that's the key when you're invested in marketing it gives you more options long-term and sustainable which is the biggest challenge we have as entrepreneurs it's the lack of stability it's the lack of consistency and being consistent in your marketing efforts is the solve to that riddle andy terrence thanks so much for being here the work that you guys do matters the marketplaces that you guys are impacting makes a big difference. You guys are making a tremendous impact on your teams, your own families. So thanks for the impact you guys are having. Appreciate it. If you want to subscribe, please do find us at jobber.com slash podcast. Where can people find you guys online? LinkedIn. Also have the Trash Talk Business Podcast, where you can find Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Really, you can also find me on Facebook if you really want to be friends. Pretty transparent. My phone number's there. I mean, you can shoot me a call or text and I get back to people pretty quick. Awesome. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on TikTok. You can find me on Facebook, all of it at the T-H-E underscore underscore impetus. Great. Gentlemen, thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Thank you. I'm really grateful to our listeners who tuned in today. I hope you heard something that will make your business more profitable and more efficient. I'm your host, Adam Sylvester, and you can find me at adamsylvester.com. 
Remember, your clients and your team deserve your very best. So go give it to them. We'll see you next time.